This week on Talking Central Arizona Sports, what it's like to compete at the world's oldest rodeo. Hello everyone, my name is Torrance Thunham and welcome to a weekly podcast catching you up on the latest with Central Arizona sports teams. Part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 Podcast Network, the show is putting a spotlight on the world's oldest rodeo leading up to the big competition which gets underway this week. Over the past few weeks, the show has covered different aspects of the rodeo, and I don't think there's a better way to wrap up rodeo coverage than to talk to somebody who's competing in it. So joining the show now is local cowboy Tom Richards. Tom, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So first question is, what event at the rodeo are you competing in, and how long have you done rodeo for? Uh, I'll be in the team roping at Prescott, and I've competed... Um, since I turned 18 at the professional level and roped since I've been about six or seven years old. So what kind of got you into the sport? Obviously, you started at a young age. Yeah, my dad, he rodeoed and roped, and his dad did too, which would be my grandpa. And my dad actually won the world in 1978, so it's kind of been a family family event. Have you competed at the world's oldest rodeo before? Yeah, I've competed there Oh, probably... Over 10 times, I would imagine, yeah. What's it like to perform there at the uh, World's Oldest Rodeo, and what is that environment like from within the ring? I really enjoy it. I've went to rodeos all over, but that's uh, my hometown rodeo, and always have family there. It's kind of, the stands are wrapped around the arena, so it's real wild and loud there in the arena. Uh, It's really a nice rodeo. Obviously, like you said, you know, you're competing in front of the hometown crowd you uh you mentioned the size of that crowd but as a competitor what does that do for you getting ready for that moment just to see the crowd as packed as it is and really as rowdy as they are too well it helps you get more excited and amped up and know you're at a big show you know and it it uh makes you try to perform well and it's more exciting when you do good you know so what is the uh process like to qualify to compete at the world's oldest rodeo well, I believe they take, uh, I think it's 80. So there's top 10 of the circuit, uh, so many in the world. And then, you know, if they don't fill it, you can, if you have your card, you can enter and get in. But um, there's been a few years where there was too many entries and they had to kind of sort it off a little. But for now, I think if you have your card and some winnings, you can get entered. So uh, what is the preparation like to get ready? And how do you get ready for the competition? Well, press gets a little different, too, in the team roping. You come from the, both ropers come from the same box on the healing side. So it's a little different. So you kind of run a few, or you've had a horse you've rode there before that knows how to do that better crossover when you rope them. Um, so that's just kind of an old tradition deal they've always done there, and they stuck with it. So obviously you've competed in this event before. We're we're now within the week of it starting up. Uh, do you kind of still get a little bit of nerves or anything before it starts, or uh, kind of what's going through your head as the lead up uh, toward the competition coming up this week? Yeah, absolutely. You get nervous when you get there a little bit, and but we uh, 
I've been riding my horse every day here at the house and getting him legged up for it and ready to go. And I've really always wanted to win this rodeo. My dad's won it and grandpa and two aunts have won it. So I'd like to try to win it too. So kind of going a little bit further on that, uh, what's it kind of like to have a family uh, with such rodeo history as yours does? You know, I, I wouldn't know no different just because that's what I grew up in, but um, we've always enjoyed it, and it's it's kept us together as a family too. You know, my brother lives right here, and his wife, we all live within about half a mile and rope and enjoy it all together, so... It's it's awesome family sport. So one final question for you. Uh, what is it like to kind of interact with people? Obviously, people come from not only across the state and the nation, but all over the world to compete in this event. What's it kind of like to interact with people from, you know, different parts of the world? Well, it's a, the whole rodeo family, per se, is, is a tight group. You know, I had a couple guys call that are traveling over the fourth little more, and their trailer needs fixed, so they... I know a shop they can take it to and get them in and fix it while they're here, you know. So everybody's tries to help out and compete against each other. So it's and a lot of people at Prescott will fly in and ride other people's horses too. So that's kind of the good thing about rodeo too is everybody helps you out, you know. Tom, thanks for joining the show and uh, good luck with the rodeo as it gets underway this week. You bet. Thank you for having me. As a reminder, there are eight rodeo performances in total for this year's event. There are performances on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Monday nights at 7.30 p.m. There are also two performances on Saturday, one at 1.30 p.m. and another at 7.30 p.m. The final performance takes place on Tuesday, the 4th of July, at 1.30 p.m. The performances are entirely sold out online, so I hope you got your tickets. Make sure to check out the previous three episodes of the show for everything you need to know about the world's oldest rodeo, from helpful information on the event itself to the economic impact and other events that surround a signature time in Prescott's calendar year. Wrangler Rap and my thoughts on the D-backs All-Stars are up next, but first, if you can't tell by the high temperatures, summer is officially here. But we all know summer goes by in a flash. So make sure you are ready when fall gets here because it'll be here before you know it. Give Yavapai Plumbing and Heating a call to make sure everything is looking good and you are ready when the temps, hopefully soon, begin to dip again. All the info you need is at ypeinc.com. That's ypeinc.com. Welcome back to Talking Central Arizona Sports. It's time for Wrangler Wrap. Recapping the previous games for Northern Arizona's own indoor football league team and looking ahead to what's coming up this week. The Wranglers' struggles continued on Saturday at home against the Sugar Skulls, losing 42-28. It marks the fifth loss in the last six games for Northern Arizona as their record falls to 6-7. With the game tied at 28 heading into the fourth quarter, the Sugar Skulls would score two unanswered touchdowns at the start. A five-play, 39-yard touchdown drive concluding at the 12-minute mark, along with a 27-yard interception for a touchdown at the 8.50 mark. The Wranglers, despite the loss, are still sitting fourth in the Western Conference as they get set to play their final regular season game at home this season. Northern Arizona takes on the Massachusetts Pirates at 6.05 p.m. on Saturday at the Finley Toyota Center in Prescott Valley. 
The Wranglers conclude the regular season the following Saturday, July 15th, on the road two hours south in Phoenix against the Arizona Rattlers. As I do every week, I'll end the show by giving my thoughts on some state sports. We are in a new age for Diamondbacks baseball. Sure, a series loss to the Giants over the weekend was disappointing, but each game was easily winnable. The D-backs have kept up their early season success and are approaching the all-star break leading the NL West. Not sure many people would have expected that. On top of that, the D-backs have two outfielders that are vying for three spots in the starting lineup for the National League. Corbin Carroll, who looks to start his first All-Star game in his rookie year in his home city of Seattle, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. The D-backs had an outfielder start for the NL All-Star team when it was last in Seattle in 2001. And that year, and that player, turned out to be pretty dang special. The team will face its toughest test in the short time before the All-Star break, with games against the Rays, Angels, Mets, and Pirates and then directly following against Toronto, Atlanta, and the upstart Cincinnati Reds. If the D-backs still hold a first-place lead after that, things will get very, very interesting in the desert. I'm Torrin Stunham, and this has been Talking Central Arizona Sports, part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 Podcast Network. This episode concludes Season 1 of the show. I'd like to thank all the coaches, players, media members, and others who have joined the show and helped us succeed in the inaugural season. Over the next month or so, the show will be looking back at the football and basketball seasons of Prescott High School and Bradshaw Mountain, featuring wrap-up interviews with the coaches from previous episodes. It's a little something I like to call TCAS Replay. The show will hopefully get you ready for the new school sports year to start in August, of course, kicking off with football. We'll have more information on that later this summer. As for now, Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for all new episodes in August.